Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the March 21st, 2017 edition of Season 4 of The Court Report on the Nakam Seagull Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you generally every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night, but during the playoff season, it is a Tuesday night show at 7 p.m. and the encore on Sunday night at 7, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, obviously we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period, and just this past uh, few days, we've already added three more teams to that list. So if you're part of that, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718 718- 769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. I was actually in Crown Trophy just the other day. They are busy at work making all the remaining trophies for the Yeshiva League. But then again, they're always having time for anybody and their orders. So give them a call no matter what you need. They're going to get it done for you. It doesn't matter what else I got doing. You need it by a certain time, they'll get it done. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes of The Court Report going all the way back to the very first one. He believed that that was, well, at this point, and after next week, it'll be four full seasons already. Almost, we're four years gone of the... Uh, of the court report. It's insane. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the court report. Uh, For those of you that know what I was doing all Sunday, yes, my voice is back. After seven hours of broadcasting all three Yeshiva League hockey games. Technically not Yeshiva League. First game of the day was the uh, the junior high, the New York Junior High Championship game. So it was it was in effect. It was three hockey games. It was the junior high championship, and then both uh, high school Yeshiva League hockey games. We'll get into that a little later on in the show, and I'm going to share with you the experience of broadcasting. Um, not, not only about broadcasting for seven hours. But just what goes into that entire process, because it was amazing, it was demanding, it was it was tiring, it was exhausting, and I'm not even just, and that's even just talking about the day of, but the all the hours and the the man hours that went into uh, putting that broadcast together, it was just insane. Um, and uh, I'm about to go through it again this coming week because with any luck, 
we will be doing the same for basketball, the basketball championships this coming Sunday. So stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have a little more information, but we're very much looking forward to bringing to you the same way we brought to you the hockey championships yesterday, uh, sorry, not yesterday, on on Sunday. We're very much looking forward to bringing to you the basketball championships on uh, this coming Sunday. Stay tuned to uh, JM and the AM for more information on that. Uh, but getting back to today's show. So like I said, we're going to discuss the the Yeshiva League Hockey Championships. We're going to discuss the what led up to it because uh, in varsity hockey, where we left off last week because of the snow, we had no idea who would be playing in it. For the JV League, we had one game to go before we would know exactly who it was would be playing against uh, against Frisch in the JV championship. Now we're going to move over to basketball. And basketball uh, filled out their remaining teams for the championship games this past week. We knew that TABC was going to be in the JV championship. Who would face them? Uh, we figured, we found that out very, very shortly uh, thereafter. And then in varsity, both of the teams were determined as the um, as both semifinal games took place after our taping. Um, so that was taken care of. One girls game to, uh, was played over the last week, and we are now technically officially done with girls basketball. We we brought to you the girls A and girls uh, junior varsity results from last week. Last night was the girls B championship. So the only thing we really have left after this show is going to be the girls, sorry, the boys JV and boys varsity championship games. So what that means is that this show, this episode of the court report, technically is what you would call the penultimate court report for the season. This is the second to last show. Next Tuesday night, we will have our season finale. Yeah, that's right, folks. We are four seasons done as of next week of the Court Report. It is insane to believe that we have gone through nearly four seasons together. Uh, this is technically, for, for if you think about it, for the senior class that's graduating now, you came into high school. And your first, uh, your first foray into JV sports, you were part of the very first class. So you technically are the graduating class, the first graduating class of the court report. And uh, I, I have to say, it's it's been an honor and a privilege. I'll get into a little more about my sentiments on it next week because next week I'm going to need a little more of a show to fill because we're only going to have two games to talk about. But it's going to be. Um, it's going to be bittersweet finishing off another season, and, and this one especially. Um, I want to thank, I, I, well, you know, let's save the thank yous for next week. Right now, let's get into the action for what happened this past week, especially in the hockey championships. Uh, like I said, we're going to dive into uh, the broadcasting end of things, and uh, we'll work on basketball as well. So, this show is going to be about mostly about the hockey championships because there was so much action that happened on Sunday. I cannot wait to bring more of it to you after talking about it for what was essentially seven straight hours. So, because we're talking on the hockey end of things, I want to first give a shout-out before we move over to the high school leagues to both junior high leagues that finished up their seasons this past weekend. Last Thursday night, the Junior High Hockey Championship in New Jersey was played between the Kushner Cobras 
and the Avna Redhawks. Almost said Avalanche because they were the Avalanche for a while, but they are now the Avna Redhawks for the last, I believe, the last two years, last two, three years. Um, classic team, Yavna. Yavna is one of the winningest teams in uh, in the what they call the Hamish League history. Kushner uh, went to the championship several times, uh, falling short. But uh, congratulations to the Kushner Cobras on a 2-0 win over Yavnet, taking down their first championship in what was really a dominating season. They were undefeated uh, and really did work their way through the league. And the in in this case, the team that the team that really was that really was best suited for the championship, won the championship. And, and it happened that way on Sunday morning in the New York Junior High Championship as well. Uh, North Shore and Hafter squared off in what was the first game of the day. I was on call with Avidan Berman for that. For this game, if you want to take a look at it, for those of you that have an interest in junior high hockey and sort of where where most of our stars came from today, you can go and take a look at that. It is on YouTube. If you go to the Nachum Siegel Network, if you go to YouTube, www.youtube.com, and you search for Nachum Siegel Network, you'll be able to find it. Hopefully, we're going to get it up on our homepage very soon, both games, uh, or all three games, but both broadcasts. But that one, you can go take a look at, put it up, and uh, just watch a little bit about, uh, learn a little, about, a little bit about, you know, the the hockey stars for the next couple of years. So it was in, uh, uh, that sort of tongue-in-cheek, uh, a pun not intended. The North Shore Stars, the Hafter Hawks, doing battle on Sunday morning. Uh, congratulations to the North Shore Stars for their first championship. For many years, North Shore was one of well, one of more on the bottom end of the league table. Um, but over the last few years, they've really picked it up couple of really, really good players that have pushed them to the forefront, and uh, this was a year where they really just dominated, went a perfect, uh, it was 9-0 during the regular season, uh, really steamrolled through their semifinal game, and won 5-1, won handily over over North Shore, it was five nothing. Sorry, over Hafter. It was five nothing before Hafter scored a goal. North Shore really deserving of the championship. So congratulations to them, and uh, really great season. I happened to coach in that league, and uh, that was this was one of the more open and better seasons. And that's always great to see. Hopefully next year we can see a first time champion as well. Uh, fingers, uh, I, well can't really say that but you know really hoping really really almost praying for another first time champion uh, if you get my drift well that being said let's go back to the high school league we're going to do something a little not usual for us we're going to start off in varsity I'm going to roll back to JV, and then afterwards I'm going to come back to varsity. The reason for that is when we left last week's show, we still did not know who the varsity finalists would be. We had the two semifinals. Uh, The first one, uh, the Frisch TABC game, was supposed to be last Tuesday night. That was pushed away because of snow, so it ended up being Wednesday. Also Wednesday was the DRS-SAR game. So we're going to get into that, and then we'll roll back around and sort of do the, the JV and Varsity Championships in chronological order. This way, we can, I can give you sort of like the rundown of how, how Sunday really went. 
Um, so I, so you get sort of like, I can't say real time, but sort of just see the emotional roller coaster of the day. So we're going to start off in varsity hockey and we're going to start off actually with the second game that I mentioned, DRS SAR. I was, uh, this was the game that I was at last week. It was an intense game. And if you looked at, if you looked at it on, uh, you know, just based on flow of play, this was a game that, uh, really took a turn that wasn't expected. Now, just to give you a little context for these teams, DRS came into this game after an undefeated season, but one needs to remember the history between these two teams. These teams have, well, if you look at this senior class, the senior classes of both of these teams have met up in every single playoff going back to their freshman year. Their freshman year was a an overtime thriller, nothing-nothing overtime thriller right up until... Uh, I'm going to say, I don't even remember, it was so long ago, but that very first season of the court report, we mentioned this game, SAR taking the win in DRS in overtime. Um, That was their freshman year, their sophomore year. It was a 4-0 shutout of the of the Wildcats by the Sting in SAR, sending, uh, that was, that was a semifinal game that sent SAR onto the, the championship game where they would defeat Rambam. Their next year, last year, the, this year's seniors were juniors. And that, and that contest in SAR, SAR defeated DRS six to two. So if you're the DRS Wildcats going to this one, you got to be thinking, what do we have to do to get over the hump? We see these te- this team every year, and we just can't do it. And the way the game started out, you would have thought that this would be just another one of those games. No score through the first period of play, but it was very obvious from, from the outset that SAR was the more dominant offensive team. They got a lot more shots. They controlled the ball. They, the possession was mostly in the DRS zone for the first period of play. Things wouldn't really get turning until the second period. Early on in the second period, SAR would finally break loose. Shua Friedman picking up a rebound in front of the net, poking it five-hole to give SAR the one nothing lead. That lead would not last that much longer. Uh, SAR penalty put DRS on the power play, and on the power play, Andrew Giller with a sensational turnaround shot at the net put it right in to tie the game at one. So right away, you have that momentum change where SAR finally breaks through after being um, after being so dominating. You know, I would think of a lot of teams like that where a team that's um, you know team that's on their backs after a full period, they're not getting goals. They're not getting as many opportunities. When you see your opponent finally take a, a lead like that, it's got to be a little crippling because like you got to be like, well. How can how can we break through? What can we do? And then there you go. The one of the one of the top players, if not the uh, definitely the best defenseman on the team, taking the team on his back, putting the ball into the net, getting the game tied back up at one. So we would have a one-one game for quite a long time. It would be till I would I would guesstimate roughly around the three or four minutes left in. In, re- in what would be in regulation in the third period. And at that point, it would come down to somebody who's actually sort of stepped up big time in the playoffs, has scored a goal against JEC in the, uh, in the, first, uh, in the, fir- in the quarterfinal contest, although it was more of an insurance goal. 
it was still a goal that sort of put the game out of reach, as we mentioned last week. And he did it in the same exact fashion. Moshe Simon picking up a loose ball created off of a turnover uh, by his uh, by his, lean, his line mate, Jeremy Schreiber, uh, picks it up in the SAR zone, moves laterally to his right, shelves it over the goalie's uh, over left to the left corner over the goalie's shoulder to give S, uh, to give DRS excuse me the two to one lead. After that, it would be it would all come down to an empty netter goal. Shlomo Mansbach putting the ball in the net to make it a three one DRS final, sending DRS back to the championship. Been a while since DRS was able to uh, to attend a championship game in varsity, but that game would ensure. Uh, because we already knew that varsity, that JV was eliminated, that DRS JV had been eliminated the week before, it ensured that DRS would now have a 13th straight championship Sunday with the team. You heard that right. DRS has had at least one team in a championship, in a hockey championship, on Hockey Championship Sunday for the last 13 years. And as Larry Gross informed me over the week, it would be 15 of the last 17. So that's at least either one JV or varsity. There are some of those, uh, there's some of those years where they doubled up and they had two teams there. doesn't mean, I mean, they haven't won every year, but they've at least been there. So that's, that's an amazing, that's a fascinating stat. You have teams like TABC with the JV, which we'll get into very shortly. Um, and the varsity in combination, but the the idea that one team has had at least well, one school has had at least one championship team, one championship, uh, one team fighting for a championship for the last 13 years is just incredible. So we knew now that the DRS Wildcats would head on to the var- to the varsity championship game. The question was going to be. Who would be there to face them? And that came down to an all-West rivalry, the Route 4 rivalry, the TABC Storm, and the Frisch Cougars. This was a game where, at the beginning of the year, Coach Mo Fuchs will tell you, if you told him at the beginning of the year that this game was going to happen, he would have taken it in a heartbeat. He would have said, if you tell me I'm a semifinals team, because two years ago, this team was a first-round exit. There was... There was no frills, no no pomp and circumstance. This was a team in JV. This was the first JV team in TABC uh, in what we can say now in the last eight years, the last nine years, that did not win a championship. They went to the first round. And they lost four nothing in DRS. There wasn't it, it wasn't even a close game. I ended up refereeing that game. Um, so if you he it really was a situation where where you tell him that this team was going to make it to to semifinals. He would have taken it, and he did. And uh, but on the other hand, they had to go into Frisch. Frisch was a dominating team the entire season. Frisch finished the season thirteen and one. First game of the season, they faced TABC. That game was a one nothing overtime game, won by Maury Bauer twelve seconds in. Uh, that game was in TABC, and then the game in the game in Frisch was a four-two win. It was it was a one-goal game again. It was three-two, and then he had an empty netter. But still, close games in the Route Four rivalry. So you knew that no matter what was going to happen, this game was going to be nearly dead even. And the truth is, it really was. The game, as we said, supposed to be in Frisch on Tuesday night, held off because of the snow, 
was on Wednesday night instead, and the fireworks were packing in the building. Frisch and TBC fans all lining up in the building, all packing the building up to uh, to root on their team. And right off the bat, Frisch would make a statement. 7.41 left in the first period. TABC taking a penalty, so Frisch on the power play. Right off the first faceoff on the power play, Brian Alter launched a shot in the back of the net to give Frisch the one nothing lead. Game would settle down after that. Be back and forth. A lot of opportunities, really, for both teams. Next goal would not come until only a few minutes left in the third period and it would be a huge one you would see why uh, 240 left sorry 249 left in the third period rebound in front of Solly Weiser bounces right to Yehuda Brin turns spins put it into the net to give Frisch the 2-0 lead Charlie Freilish holding the shutout as the uh, as the clock wound down TABC bringing the ball into the zone pass over to Akiva Weider at the point Weider winds up takes the shot puts it to the net couldn't see if there was a deflection but it went into the back of the net, and TABC would get on the board. Only problem, 1.4 seconds left on the clock. They would end up putting a couple of seconds, a couple of milliseconds on the clock, 2.1. But in Frisch, such a big gym, having that much space to cover in only two seconds, really not much you're going to do. So Frisch would take the final 2-1 to one to head on to the Varsity Championship to face the DRS Wildcats. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Now it's time to head back to JV and give you the JV Championship recap. Before we do that, though, just a little bit of context for this game. Again, TABC and Frisch. You know the two. We just said the name before, uh, just only a couple of seconds ago with the Varsity, but really is as uh as coach david kolb my uh my my uh, co-announcer on the broadcast on sunday put it it really is one of the top could very well vie for the top rivalry i again me being the new yorker you know drs uh hafter still holds a great amount of weight to me but you can easily turn to tabc and frish and say this is one of if not the biggest rivalries in yeshiva sports so to have a game one game like this where they've actually never faced each other in the past in the championship uh, up to a couple of years ago, it was impossible in, in the in the hockey league because it was always in, interdivision. Sorry, in yeah, sorry, intra division, where you had to essentially win against your division first before you went to the finals against the winner from the other division. A couple of years back, for competitive reasons, they decided, you know what, we're going to go to Olympic style, where the where the divisions were intertwined. But even so, TABC and Frisch have always been so tight and so close that it's like the the matchup just never happened. And so this past Sunday on you know in, on the floor in Lawrence Middle School it finally happened. The teams faced twice prior to this show. Um Begin the again. TABC began the season with a three nothing win in TABC over Frisch uh, of Rami Davis, uh, sophomore goalie, getting the shutout in uh, his first game in net this year. Obviously, their first game in total. So that first game, right off the bat, TABC really firing shots at Frisch. Frisch would kind of work their way back into it. Isaac Markovitz would uh, would find his way into the Frisch net. 
and uh, really put up a nice fight, keeping Frisch in the next time they played TABC. And it worked its way to a 2-2 tie. So you have yourself the first game of the season, TABC takes the win, really jumps out as one of the favorites in the league. You have um, you have the next the next uh, game they play, again, a 2-2 tie. So you see things getting a little tighter. Also some more context. Uh, as we mentioned on the show, or as we mentioned on the broadcast, these the kids that were involved in the games, so it was such a dichotomy between the two teams, such a disparity. You had... Uh, sophomore-laden TABC team. You had a Frisch team that was so dependent on its freshmen. Uh, the top scoring line for that team was its freshman line of Elliot Eisner and Jason Alter. TABC, top two offensive lines, all, all, all sophomores. I actually think they're top three offensive lines. They have their first line, their first line was Hayden Gelman, both sophomores. Their second line of Schiff and Spinowitz, both sophomores, and their third line of Englander and Wisman, sophomores there. The only real junior in their, sorry, the only real freshman in their rotation was Yeshua Naor, was uh, Yeshua Naor, uh, not Yeshua, excuse me, was Jonathan Naor. I'm thinking back to a couple of years, Yeshua Naor, his older brother. So Jonathan Naor, and, uh, and the eventual goalie for the game, who was Charles Gibber. Um, and so it was. It's very interesting to see the difference between these two. Uh, let's not forget Ari Barouche, second line defenseman for for uh, for Yossi Sasson's Frisch Cougars team. It is. It is just interesting between the two. I think the the difference though lies in it lies in the fact that a lot of these guys that we mentioned, most of the freshmen that we mentioned. Uh, they're, they're, they don't play like freshmen. So the truth is, over the course of the game, it's like you had two experienced classes going against each other. And we'll, I'll explain that in just a couple of seconds. But Because I think that that ties into how the game really turned out. And uh, it would be a very, very tight battle. First period was nothing-nothing throughout. Both teams getting opportunities. A really really hard-fought battle, neither team getting great opportunities. A lot of passes through the middle, a lot of opportunities in front of the net, but no, nothing really converting, nobody really having the opportunity that you'd say, you know what, that one probably should have gone into the net. Uh, maybe a couple maybe a couple of close calls, but nothing that uh, nothing that either defense really couldn't get in front of and really take take away. And both defenses played phenomenal for that first period. Uh, Frisch's lines, you had uh, you had um, Josh Levine, you had Arie Bloom, his line mate, you had Jack Katz and Ari Barouche as the second line for the Frisch Cougars. And over for TABC, it was it was uh, Naor and um, uh, sorry, the first line of Yechiel Kaiser and Andy Katz. Uh, the second line being uh, Yonatan Naor and, uh, and E.T. Dubin. So you, the defense has really stepped up and played a major role, both teams using their, their third lines very frequently um, in, uh, just as to what they're used to, both teams able to go down to their third line. So it was a very deep game. And uh, it really took a while for the first marker to get on the board. And that would happen about midway through the second period of play. Face-off deep in the TABC zone. Face-off, um, 
face off on the on the goalie's left to the right side of the court. Right off the face off, Elliot Eisner sneaking in towards the face off dot rips a shot past Charles Gibber into the side of the net to give. Uh, Frisch, the one to nothing lead. Score that would stay that way until late in the third period, a minute ago. TABC really pushing, coming off of a timeout and uh, sending three in. So everybody in towards the corner, real scrum in front. Ari Barouche picks the ball out of the corner, sends it down the floor. Uh, JJ Corin, getting ahead of his man, picks up the ball, puts a shot on net. Uh, Gibber makes a save. Ball bounces right back to Corn. Corn backhands it in the far side of the net to give Frisch the two to nothing lead with 103 to go. At that point, pretty much academic. Frisch taking home the JV championship, their first JV championship in school history and their first championship since 2004-2005, and the uh, when the varsity did it. Isaac Markovich, goalie for Frisch, getting the game MVP. It's great to see a story like that, where you have where you have uh, somebody who wasn't really involved uh, in the play early on in the season, working their way into a starting role, into a main role, and in a big game such as that, taking uh, you know putting out their best effort. Uh, so I mean, Frisch, you heard two weeks ago avenging their loss from last year in the championship to DRS and then you have and then you have them go out and do it. It really was a, a I think the difference in this really was just who was ready to play. And I, I know I mentioned before the the difference between, you know, the the way the the rosters were set up. You know, TABC having a more sophomore roster and uh, Frisch having a more freshman roster. I think the real difference was that one team got lost in the lights and the other didn't. Now, it wasn't the one you would think though you would think that the more experienced sophomore team would be more you know more ready and with no with less jitters but i think the difference lies in who you're talking about if you're talking about the the frisch cougars the kids that make up the frisch cougars um you look at the fact that the 10th graders from last uh, this year's 10th graders were on the team last year in 9th grade. They were out there. JJ Corn was out there playing. You know, um, Josh Levine was out there playing. Uh, Aryeh Bloom was out there playing. These people were on the floor last year during the championship game. They were in the big moment. But when you look at the freshmen that were on the team, this wasn't their first rodeo in a championship either. You look at the three names I mentioned earlier. You look at Elliot Eisner. You look at Jason Alter. You look at Ari Barush. All three of those kids were out on the floor last year in the junior high championship game in, in one of the craziest junior high championship games in history. A one nothing game, a 1-1 game in the last minute. You had two of the top-scoring freshmen from last year in the uh, well, they were freshmen. They they are freshmen, but last year, two of the highest scoring, uh, highest biggest goal scorers in the in the junior high league last year. You had uh, uh, you know tournament all stars, and these kids they they've been in the big moment before. You'll go over and look over at the TABC roster. Majority of them haven't really had that opportunity. You know, they haven't been in the big moments before. Uh, you got a couple of them who they played, you know, but it's been two years at the very least. And so the 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 bright lights and the big stage just swallowed them up a bit. It looked a little too tentative and a little too nervous on, you know, on the Lawrence Middle School floor. 
before. And uh, first cougar is well composed. Well, sorry, well composed and poised throughout. I guess composed can become a dictionary word now. But well composed and poised throughout, getting the job done. Congratulations again to uh, Coach uh, Yossi Sasson and his uh, and his uh, in his victory. Uh, congratulations again to the Frisch Cougars. What this would mean, though, as we move into varsity, that the Frisch Cougars, the Frisch, Frisch as a school, would have the opportunity to become the first school since 2013, 2012-2013, since TABC, and the fifth overall, to double up and get both a JV and varsity championship. So what you really had coming into this game was a battle between what you would consider to be the top two teams in the league, starting out in the West, where Frisch 13-1, and almost perfect on the year, the number one seed in the West. And then you go to the East, and you had DRS, the team that was perfect on the year, 14-0. and And the ridiculous stat about that is that the two goaltenders combined, Jakey Friedman and Noah Wilkowski, in... Counting the playoff games, counting the uh, shutout against JEC and the one goal that we mentioned against SAR, coming into this championship game, the two goalies had a combined 10 goals between them. That's it. 10 goals in 16 games. It's phenomenal. It's ridiculous. But that just goes to show you the type of team that DRS is. And it will definitely make a difference in the championship game that was to follow. Um, DRS looking to get their first championship since 2012-2013. Frisch, their first varsity championship since the 2004-2005 season. Uh, Both teams coming off of really big rivalry wins. Again, Frisch taking the win over TABC. DRS taking the win over SAR. This game was set to be a classic, and it really was right from the outset. Frisch and DRS doing a ton of battle in the first period. One thing you had to realize about this game is that there was always going to be that advantage for DRS because of the location. The location allowed DRS to travel extremely well. The greenhouse was in full effect. We actually set up our broadcast on the DRS. Well, we didn't set it, set it up on the DRS side. It just happened to be our broadcast was set up on the side of the greenhouse, the DRS greenhouse, and it was nuts. We heard every chant, even through the the uh, the headphones, the headset. We heard it. You can actually hear several of them on the on the broadcast. You can hear every Weaselberg chant, which again, I appreciate, guys. Thank you. Uh, Again, don't really know many coaches in this league that actually have a a you know a, a chant all their own. Despite the fact that it is not my name, I appreciate it nonetheless because I know it's it's well meaning. Um, but they were on our side. DRS's greenhouse was there in full effect, and maybe they should start coaching. With about 30 seconds left in the first period, we have a 0-0 game. The greenhouse started a chant of, we want Mansbach, for Shlomo Mansbach, the DRS senior playing offense in this game. A couple of seconds later, Coach Larry Gross puts Mansbach back in, and it would pay off in dividends. 
Right off the faceoff, Ellie Levine getting the ball in the corner, setting the ball back up top to the point to Andrew Giller, who put a shot on net. Charlie Frolich making the initial save, losing control of the rebound, falling to the side of the net. Mansbach charging in, smacks his stick at it, and gets the ball into the net past Frolich for the one nothing DRS lead with 18 seconds to go in the first period of play. Keep in mind how that play developed. There's a reason why I'm going all the way through, and you'll see exactly why. Uh, that that score would stick, but not for not for very long. It would stick until uh, about half a period later. Frisch would go on the power play with Andrew Giller sent to the box, and if you notice on the telecast, we uh, there was a lot of confusion because the the penalty that they called was a tripping penalty. The only tripping penalty we saw on the play, as I pointed out on the broadcast, was for Moshe Simon, who had come down and done what DRS actually did an incredible job of on Sunday. And that was coming down and helping out in the zone, making sure that at no point was there a free shot in front of the net. And that was all three lines that did that. But Simon coming down, uh, tripping a fresh player in the middle. Penalty would actually be given to Andrew Giller. And I think that would actually make the difference in the penalty and then in the penalty kill. Because they had to go on a penalty kill instead of having Simon in the box, Giller in the box. Meaning that they had to go a little deeper on their bench in their penalty kill unit, not having their full strength out there. And it it paid off for Frisch. 428 left in the period. After two misses on no-look passes by Max Rolowitz to get across to Bryn, the third one found Paydirt as the ball rolled to a wide-open Bryn who did what he's done so many times on the power play this year, drilling it home, literally drilling it home past Friedman to uh, tie the game at one. Score would stay that way for almost a full period, but... With 6.47 to go, the big play by the smallest kid on the floor. DRS controlling the ball in the Cougar zone. Sammy Brew sent the ball back to the line for Jason Shivitz, who let loose a shot towards the net that Freilich saved, but like in the first period, ball bounced in front to Daniel Sofer, who whacked it home five home five holes excuse me, before Freilich could react in what was almost a mirror image of the first goal on the night. Then, with 3.34 to go, which should have signaled the end of the contest, another goal where the play started behind the goal line with Ellie Levine sending the ball back to Shaivitz, cutting down low to keep the ball in play, who laid it in front of him, to a curling Mansbach who fired it home from the side, giving all three of those players their second notches on their roles on, in the play on the night. Levine, his second setup pass to the line, uh, Shaivitz, his second, uh, his second play from the line. Mansbach, his second goal. Shaivitz, I mean to say, his second assist. Now I said that should have signaled the end, but a uh, little bit of little bit of chippy play and the referees getting involved. And within the last two minutes of the game, we saw a three on three and a three on two, uh, with the three on two being in Frisch's favor, and. Uh, the three-on-two was actually a very smart play. Yosef Barakov hooking Yehuda Brin uh, in order to keep him from getting in front to be a wide-open play in front of the net, uh, in front of Friedman's net. Brin, in, with wide-open space, is not something that an opposing team wants to see. And if he has a breakaway on net, as somebody who fell victim to it last year in the in the uh, quarterfinal contest that we played, 
you better make sure he's not getting to the net. If you got to hook him, then you do it. And so Borachov did that, and it kept probably kept a very good scoring opportunity away. And uh, DRS able to withstand uh, that penalty, uh, finishing off the game in a three-on-two set. Sorry, in a four-on-three set after the coincidental minors uh, dissipated, and DRS walking away with the 3-1 championship victory over Frisch. Uh, so this marks the second year in a row that a DRS team has defeated a Frisch team in the championship. The two goalies in the matchup, the same two goalies last year, the score of the game, the same score of the game. The MVP of this one, Jakey Friedman. Um, Jakey Friedman really stepping up when when DRS needed him to. There were many people you could have given it to. Mansbach with his two goals uh, could have given it to to any one of the defensemen because the defense was incredible. Any one of the offensemen who really came down and helped out, it was a true team effort. And as we said on the broadcast, it was a true lunch pail DRS effort. This was not your fancy DRS teams of the past. This was not the star-studded ones. This was the hardest-working DRS team I have seen in an extremely long time. I mean, that's not being fair to somebody like Andrew Giller, who really has become a top-flight defenseman in the league. Definitely one of the top uh, top defensemen. Definitely a, a, a force to be reckoned with on both the offense and the defensive end. But this really was a no-frills, no-star team that just dug and dug and dug and dug. And really having the confidence in Jakey Friedman to keep them... Uh, to, and also Noah Wolkowski. I can't forget about his contributions because he—it's not like he only played one or two games. He played six games. They—they they switched off fairly well over the course of the year. And as David Cole mentioned on the broadcast, it's—you know—it's it, almost just not fair to him to have to also play on the same team as Jakey Friedman because in many cases he would have been a formidable starting goalie in his own right. And doing what he did this year was. Again, almost it's almost sad to have to have seen that take a sidetrack to to Jakey Friedman, but at this stage of at this stage of I guess of Jakey's playing days, only a junior and what he has accomplished, I, I don't think you can you can question the roles that were handed out on DRS this year. Congratulations to Larry Gross, uh, Rabbi Stephen Janikowski, for handling the team in a manner where, again, something very unaccustomed to, something DRS is very unaccustomed to, not having that, that star power, but really taking the the gritty, willing to work, willing to hustle, willing to put their bodies on the line on every shift type players, and turning that into a championship team. So congratulations to them again. Congratulations to DRS, their first championship since 2003. Since 2013, and um, now they sorry their first their first championship since 2012. Sorry, that leads to my what I'm going to say next. So their first championship since 2012, denying Frisch the opportunity to double up, and they would be the first team since the TABC team of 2012-2013 to do so. Um, so again, congratulations on a hard-fought championship and a perfect season. A well-deserved one, and uh, again, when we come back next year, our question's really going to be, given the fact that DRS was such a very senior-laden team, you know, 
is Jakey Friedman going to be the main reason why this team lives or dies next year? It's going to be a, a fascinating a fascinating end to one of the I would say one of the greatest goalies in the history of Yeshiva League hockey. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly where where his resume finishes up. For those of you that want to see the game again, right now, an astounding 4,000 views on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Nachum Siegel Network. You'll be able to watch the games Pretty soon, hopefully, we're going to have them up on the website. You can watch those games. You can watch the junior high championship games. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for Yeshiva League hockey for this year. Uh, it, it's it's a shame to see it over, but you know what? We got other things to, to get to, and that includes what we're about to talk about in terms of basketball. Because not the only broadcast of hockey, we're looking to broadcast the basketball championships this coming Sunday as well. Nakam uh, will update you over the week uh, as to whether or not that's going to happen. Uh, For now, stay tuned. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. This broadcast was amazing, and uh, hopefully, I don't know we're going to have time to do it this week, but if we do, if we don't, hopefully next week will be a chance to sort of give a wrap-up and and sort of give my take on being able to actually put together a broadcast, because Nachum really did have a ton of faith in me to put together the broadcast for the championship games, and I, I hope that the the games, all three games, lived up to the standard of the network. I can't thank him enough. Not even for not even for just giving me time on the airwaves like this for an hour at a time, but to trust me to to hold down the network for seven straight hours talking about nothing but hockey. I I can't ask for anything more, and I hope that that what myself and Avi Don did and what myself and David Kolb did. I hope that I hope that we've lived up to the expectation and with any luck surpassed it and shattered it. Just like the kids did on the floor. Don't let the broadcast take away from the fact that the game was phenomenal. But I I think we need a special thank you to SAR for for renting us their equipment to Josh Lewis, the SAR techie, uh Effie, the camera guy. Guys were phenomenal and you know, SAR, you watch their you watch their stream, you watch their games, and you you understand that there has to be some sort of mind behind it and these and Josh is really, really at the top of the game. I would look to work for I would look forward to working with Josh at any point in the near future. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. Well, we have 15 minutes to go, and that gives us just enough time to set up for this Sunday's Massive Basketball Contest, Massive Basketball Championships, on the campus of Yeshiva University, the Max Stern Athletic Center. The JV game will start at 1.30 this Sunday, while the, Ch- the Varsity Championship will begin at 4. Who would be in it? Well, for the JV, we already knew that there was which one team was going to be in it. We already knew that the West number 1 seed TABC would be playing in it, given that they had defeated the, uh, the Hafter Hawks last week 
in TABC. But who would join them? That would come down to this past week in a rematch between uh, a semifinal rematch, same as last year between Mag and David and Frisch. This time the tables turned in Mag and David, and it looked to make all the difference. Last year, Frisch, uh, a winner by by quite a lot. This game looked to be the same, but the other way. And uh, Mag and David jumped out to a very early lead, 10 at the half, and 18 in the second half uh, before Frisch really went on a tear, knocking down three after three after three, coming back to take the lead with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But they would not be able to hold it. Mag and David grinding away, grinding away, coming away with the 47-44 to victory. So Mag and David avenging last year's semifinal loss in Frisch, a blowout. Now this time taking the game, a really close contest after almost letting it slip away and taking down a 9-1 team. I believe uh, coming into the game, these were the only, they were only, the teams that were left, both uh, Mag and David, Frisch, and TABC, all of them finishing with a record of 9-1. and one. And now, after knocking off one 9-1 team, for Mag and David, the question is going to be, can they knock off a second? For both TABC and Mag and David, that is going to be the challenge this coming, uh, this coming Sunday. Mag and David taking an early loss on the year, not really, uh, not really affecting their, their, the, the way that they played. Mag and David, I think it was, was it the first game of the, uh, sorry, the second game of the season, taking a one-point loss to DRS in DRS. Every other time, every other team they played, blazed right through. On the other hand, TABC, their lone loss of the year was a crossover game to Hank, 53-48 to in mid-December. Since then, they have taken out every team that they needed to. They took out Hafter in the last round. And now the two teams are going to meet up in the JV Championship. It's going to be a very interesting battle. Gotten the chance to see both teams play this season. Uh, both teams have very solid sophomore leadership and uh, with great ninth grade talent. Uh, I got to see Yoni Mann play last week, uh, guard for TABC. It is going to be a phenomenal matchup. And uh, I, you know, you look on the other end and you see you see the play of Michael Natkin, sophomore Michael Natkin. He's going to be a name to watch this coming Sunday. So stick to your screens. Hopefully we'll get that broadcast up and running. That'll be at 1.30 this coming Sunday at uh, the um, at the Max Stern Athletic Center on the campus of Yeshiva University. So now we move on to what will effectively and literally be the last championship of the 2016-2017 Winter MYHSAL season, that the Varsity Basketball Championship. When we last left you, there were four teams still standing, the Frisch Cougars, the MTA Lions, the DRS Wildcats, and the Heschel Heat. We're going to start off with the Heschel Heat and the DRS Wildcats. DRS Wildcats, the second team, the second seed in the East. Heschel Heat, the first seed in the West. The two teams played earlier this year uh, in a contest where it was really a showing of stars. The DRS Wildcats, in, in falling, though, to the Heschel Heat, Heschel, uh, taking that one 57 to 46. Gideon Valinsky scoring 30 points for DRS. 
uh, Harlan Reese scoring 24 for Heschel. Two of the main stars in the Yeshiva League this year. Uh, Gideon Volinsky will be a factor again next year, being a junior. But this game, this game, he would not be able to duplicate that feat, and it would, it would make the difference. I mean, DRS was in it for most of the game. Uh, 22 three-pointers by both teams combined. The two extra ones for Heschel, really part of that difference maker down towards the end. Heschel winning this one by the score of 60-50 to and will move on to the championship game, their second championship game. Uh, I know they won several years ago in JV, and uh, now it is time for them to make their mark on the varsity stage. Again, as we said, getting Valinsky not hitting the 30-point mark, only 16, 12 of which in the second half being held down to only four points in the first half by by uh, Heschel's defense. And uh, Ilan Orgel, junior Ilan Orgel, popping in 25 points to lead Heschel to their second championship appearance in school history. Who they will meet? Well, a familiar opponent and an extremely familiar opponent that should strike fear into the heart of Heschel. That'll be the Frisch Cougars. The Frisch Cougars, 54-28 to winners over MTA. Uh, MTA looking to make the same run on the varsity level that this team made on the JV level two years ago. Got to the, to the semifinal game against SAR. Ended up going to several overtimes. Not really being close here. Again, the, the games that the, the games that the two te- that the teams played this year between uh, the two, not really close. Uh, I'm going to get the scores for you right now, but not not very close. I think it was only one game, and it was 46 to 24 Frisch. So it, it it really followed in line the two te- the two games, and now. We get to the, the 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 real showdown. It's going to be West number one Heschel against West number two Frisch, and we look back at the game that they played in December, where Heschel in Heschel won by nine, fifty nine to fifty, in a, a a game where it was an extremely close and back and forth. You had uh, Sam Fishman. And uh, Isaac Lafer leading Frisch in that one, not really getting over the hump. You had Michael Gatan, Jeremy Spear, and Harlan Rice leading that Heschel team in that one. But then the game in Frisch, a 68-53 to win, handing Heschel their first loss of the Yeshiva League season. That coming only a few weeks ago. You take a look at that game and you see the difference. You see Frisch really able to come over the top. Heschel battling injury, but Frisch gaining the momentum, now believing that they can actually do it. The the, the tall duo of Sammy Fishman and uh, and Jack Stepner, Stepner, as uh, we noted last week, the, the last-second hero getting Frisch over Flatbush. These boys now ready to go into the championship game against the Heschel Heat, and that'll be this coming Sunday night, 4 p.m., 
at the Max Stern Athletic Center on the campus of Yeshiva University. Again, hopefully we'll be able to have that for you right here on the Nachum Siegel Network on the Nachum Siegel homepage, uh, NachumSiegel.com. Stay tuned. Hopefully we can get to taken care of. I'll let Nachum tell you on JM and the AM over the course of the week. And uh, we look forward to bringing yet another amazing championship contest. Speaking of championships, before we leave, a congratulations to our Girls B champion, the SKA Sonics. Once again, SKA coming away with a championship win over Bruria, defeating Bruria by the final score of 37-27. to 27. Congratulations once again to the SKA Sonics for pulling out yet another championship victory. So, now we have about five minutes before we wrap up our show. We're not going to get a chance to really discuss all of all of my thoughts about the broadcast. And I think that's okay, because there's going to be another one coming up, I hope. And to be able to group it together and to mix and match and to, and to tell you about my feelings of both. I mean, just a little bit about this past week before we close out, because it really is important. Growing up playing hockey, playing in the Yeshiva, in the Yeshiva Hockey League, um, being a real fan of the league, it, it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to call a championship game. I, I did it several years back for the now-defunct YLS Radio. A nice shout-out to my predecessor, Isaac Benishai, who really was ahead of the game and something like that, really ahead of his time. And But if, if not for him, then it would never have gotten the start on my end. And I did a game back then. I did a game the next year that was taped and then put on the air. And and now getting the chance to actually do it for a major network such as this one, it really is an honor to be able to be the person that brings... You know, that brings it to life. And I gotta thank David Cole, but I gotta thank Avi Don Berman for the amazing job that they did. Avi Don Berman doing the junior high game, uh, really teaching the ins and outs uh, of, of, how, of, of how the junior high game works. Congratulations to North Shore on that win. And the varsity game uh, and, and JV game, David Cole, it was, it was a, a, learning moment. It was a... I felt like I was back in school. You know, I guess you can call it hockey school, but back to learning the true inner workings of a of a legendary coach, of somebody who's been to the championship, somebody who's put up banners. Um, and in, in life, you're going to find that there are people like that that you're just going to gravitate towards because they have the knowledge that you're looking for. It made Sunday's show, Sunday's broadcast, all the more amazing. And uh, I thank him for joining me, and I thank everybody who watched and people who still continue to watch. I actually just watched it uh, just before this show uh, for the first time. Uh, generally don't like listening to myself, but this was something that I felt I needed to do to go back and watch so I can fully prepare for the show. And there were certain things that I picked out that, that I even picked out at the game. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. And it, a lot of things that uh, David foreshadowed and... It just goes to show there are certain people that really know the game well. And if you're looking to learn a game, listening to them definitely gets you far. And as a coach, I appreciate all of what I learned from David on Sunday. Thank you to both. Thank you to our sponsors, Manischewitz. Um, and uh, we hope to, we look forward to having more in the future. 
That about does it for our show. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., well, every Sunday night, or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app tomorrow morning. Jam in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com. Once again, a huge thank you to our show sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. Go view that championship game. Go do it right now. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Knock'em Seagull Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com